Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores Podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon, so if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. You are listening to the Star Lores Podcast. Weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. There are over 20 million known sentient species in the galaxy, each with their own cultures, languages, and records. Some species have developed their own cosmologies explanations of the origins and meaning of life, and even the Force. Some species and cultures do not acknowledge or recognize the Force, instead ascribing supernatural phenomenon to deities, spirits, or other causes. Others reject any idea of the Force and ascribe to a strictly material worldview. Some species and cultures even lack the ability to sense or engage with the Force outside of scientific measurement. Although the Force is explicable through scientific methods, and irrefutably exists, it is the interpretation of the Force that divides so many. Many deities and religions are wholly unrelated to the Force. Some cultures have abandoned their religiosity in favor of secularism. They no longer turn to other beings or mythological interpretations to understand and make meaning of the galaxy around them. The ancient ruins of long-lost civilizations and temples built to ancient gods remain drowned in flooded cities, buried by sands, or swallowed by dense jungles. These places may play a role in the religious and cultural development of a species or world, as well as shed insights into their ancient past. In the swamps of Naboo, lay the remains of massive statues depicting a humanoid race that is neither human nor Gungan. Though historians believe them to be the remnants of a now extinct civilization that had attempted to colonize the world before humans and likely clashed with the native Gungans, they are unclear if the statues represent the species themselves or a depiction of ancient deities 
The statues are reminiscent of others found in the mid-rim, as well as those associated with the ancient order of Dai Bendu. These elders, as they are referred to by the native Naboo humans, and goods by the Gungan word for God, who have come to worship the ancient ruins. One such ruin is known as the Sacred Place and serves as a hidden sanctuary and refuge for the Gungans in times of hardship, such as the invasion by the Trade Federation. Gungan religion was composed of a pantheon whose chief god and creator, Oma Oma, resided in an underwater city of Osaurus. The pantheon also included the benevolent Dabas goddess of rain and Gaba, god of spring waters, as well as malevolent gods such as Mikamak and Balmtop masters of destruction and god of disease, respectively. Nododo was an unaligned trickster god who practiced his trade on gods and mortals alike. Beyond the gods, Gungans also believe that mortals, such as the ancient Gungan warrior Balam, who Oma Oma made the god of war. Legend has it that Balam created the swamp refuge of Oto Din, where the souls of brave warriors go to rest, play strategy games, and stage mock battles. If the Mikamak god of destruction were ever to attack Osaurus, Balam would defend it with an army of the souls of the dead warriors. Similar to Wookiees, Gungans ascribe spiritual value to deaths and repayments of deaths, including life deaths making such contracts sacred to the Gungans. In the shadowy recesses of wild space is the planet Zakul, whose endless swamp hides the ruins of ancient and now defunct religion. A technologically advanced species known as the Lokath had buried numerous secret weapons of mass destruction, initially intending the world to be a testing ground. However, they disappeared during the Civil War, leaving the arsenal hidden in the world only to be discovered by ancient humans who had colonized the world and developed a shamanistic religion that venerated the weapons as gods. The weapons themselves had hyper-advanced artificial intelligences and were capable of horrific slaughter. The six gods of the Zakul pantheon were Isaacs, the ultimate devourer, the leader and father, his wife, Skyva, known as the constant companion and mother of sorrows, and their four children, Tithe, the god of rage. Ivela and Esni, the twin goddesses of passion and envy, and Nahut, the hated son. Zildrog was another weapon AI construct that was venerated before the Pantheon and was later co-opted. An ancient prophecy from the old ways described a demon savior that would emerge to vanquish the gods. A Sith Lord known as Darth Vitiate used his prophecy, taking the role of demon savior and using the people of Zakul as the foundations for his eternal empire. It has been referenced time and again that the Celestials, Rakatan, and other ancient but technologically advanced species were often deified by more primitive species and their artifacts and cultural remnants were used as points of worship or otherwise venerated. The forest moon of Yavin 4 hides many ancient Sith ruins and temples built by the Misasi warrior caste. These temples served a new religion beyond Sith doctrines, and the mutated Misasi evolved their own deities and sacred traditions. They worshipped the red gas giant Yavin Prime that dominated the skies of their homeworld. The temples were built at the Sith Lord Nagasadao's direction. However, they served the secondary purpose for the Masasi. The benighted Sith mutants wanted to reach the heavens themselves and ascend to godhood. The rebellion used the ancient ruins as a base 
and hideout during the Civil War, and Luke Skywalker would repurpose the ruins to be used as the site of his new Jedi Praxium to teach a new generation of Jedi. Some gods were represented by carved effigies and idols whose physical manifestation were venerated or served as a focal point for religious ceremonies. In some cases, these places were forced nexuses that, unknown to the people, served as a place of supernatural presence and described to a deity instead of the force. Such places include the Temple of Pomojema on Mimban, which housed the Kyber crystal at the heart of a statue of the god Pomojema. Others included Yoda's species, hitherto unnamed, who have been observed venerating statues of their likeness wreathed in ancient script and exhibiting likely force-infused powers and abilities due to the species' special connection to the Force. Some artifacts, like the Pantoran moon goddess, served as cultural reminders and works of art if no longer a sacred object the likes of which could be found adorning senatorial suites of wealthy Republic senators, or held in stasis in museums or archives like the Jedi Temple. Across the galaxy, ancient Jedi ruins also dot worlds like Dantooine and Ossus. These places often served as training academies and centers of study for the practice of force-based religions and have been decimated, abandoned, or repurposed over the millennia. The designation of Temple for the Jedi Temple on Corazot also denotes a spiritual connotation. The Pious Day cult was a fanatical religion that had taken the Republic by storm between 11,987 BBY to 10,966 BBY. The cult was headed by Chancellor Contispex I, who became head of the Republic and married the religion with the state. The Pious Day movement was monotheistic, believing in the goddess as the sole and divine being who would reward her followers who purified or destroyed unclean things. The religion was a humanocentric and humano-supremacist, seeking to conquer and bring order to the worlds outside the core. This led to massive military crusades and exploration fleets spreading out from Coruscant and the core. Some non-humans were genocided and others were allowed to convert, but would always be seen as lesser beings to their human counterparts. These aliens were called Rimkin and lived as second-class citizens. The faith also relentlessly hunted apostates and heretics, even installing a commissariat to fulfill these roles in the Republic military. Pious Day turned the Republic into a theocracy, changing formally elected positions within the bureaucracy into appointed and inherited positions, reserved for adherence to the cult. Pious Day reserved a special loathing for the huts and other, quote, undesirable aliens and human alien sympathizers, and launched numerous crusades aboard massive cathedral warships set on conquest and genocide. The movement collapsed due to an internal pressure caused by overzealous purging complexes used against its own citizens and external pressure by those alienated, largely non-humans and their sympathizers who allied themselves against Pius Day, including an internal civil war headed by the Jedi. The fissures left by the era would leave deep scars on the people, humans and aliens alike, for generations. The Jedi took control of the Republic for a time as power was transitioned back to a democratic state.
robot religions. Thank the maker. This oil bath is going to feel so good. In sharp contrast to the Yozan Vong use of biotechnology, the machines, droids, and artificial intelligences of the galaxy had created their own religious mythology. Droids often would express phrases referring to the maker in deific terms, and myth teaches that the maker was either the creator of the first droid, presumably an organic sentient, or was the first droid themselves. The origins of the maker and how even new droids inherently seem to know the associated mythology are mysterious. Some believe it is a programming trait to make droids more compliant, while others seemingly believe, much like organics, droids simply pass down the mythology from generation to generation. The core was a belief held by many droids that constituted some form of shared consciousness. Those that believed in the core felt attuned to their technological surroundings, much like biological entities sometimes feel a shared connection with nature, plants, and other living organisms. Some droids even believe that the core could be accessed and used in a similar way as the force. However, this belief and concept of the core as a whole has never been proven, and some believe it's simply droids attempting to mimic organic life by sharing a delusion. Ethnic Religions on the harsh and rocky cliffs of Kali, homeworld of the Kalish, hunter warriors married their spiritual beliefs with combat. They believed one could ascend to godhood if one performed great deeds in life. They engaged in ancestor worship, marking graves and burial places as sacred sites. They believed that the gods could be reached if they undertook a dangerous pilgrimage to the altar isle of Abazmi, where they would make their petition. Spirituality prevailed all the Kalish did, including in their architecture, which greatly resembled their ziggurat temples. The renowned warrior Kaimean Jai Shilal, better known to the galaxy as General Grievous, was believed to have have ascended to godhood at the end of the Clone Wars. Amongst the endless sands of Tatooine, the indigenous Jawa and Tuscan populations practiced their own forms of shamanism. The diminutive Jawas followed male clan chieftains and female shamans. Female Jawas that showed a penchant for force abilities that the Jawas considered magic, or who overcame an illness that bestowed them with hallucinogenic visions, would be mentored by a clan's resident shaman. Shamans were believed to have mystical powers, such as clairvoyance, and helped to guide the clan. The position was highly regarded in one of the few avenues of social mobility for female Jawas, as their system was strongly patriarchal. Jawa shaman did not typically leave their home fortresses to roam the sands like other members of the clan. On the same deserts lived the Tuscan raiders, who have built a mythology that recounted the history of their planet and peoples. Because it was only allowed to be passed down as an oral tradition, many historical events have been modified over time. The ancient Rakata are known as the Builders, and the Tuscans are able to explain how Tatooine became a desert. Tuscans believe their lands to be sacred and ingratiate their traditions, cultures, and spirituality with the cycles of the planet and the beasts of the sands. They are hostile towards outsiders and consider off-worlder technology, clothing, and customs sacrilegious. Tuscan mythology holds that the twin sons of Tatooine are brothers, called the Sky Brothers, one having attempted to kill the other and failed, and now chases his brother seeking vengeance for all eternity. Another Tuscan myth speaks of an angry and vengeful desert ghost that slaughtered an entire Tuscan village, not just the men, but the women and the children too. Following this event, Tuscan raiders adopted a new tradition, offering the desert demon treasures and even human sacrifices to ward it away. 
these tributes at the location where the tribe had been slaughtered. I'm not sure anyone pretends to understand the Bomarm order. From what I've heard, when they reach their greatest state of enlightenment, each monk undergoes some kind of surgery that removes his brain and places it in a life support jar. It keeps them from being distracted by physical diversions, leaving them to ponder great mysteries. Luke Skywalker on the Bomar Order. Across the Dune Sea sits a fortress known as a den of scum and villainy. Locally referred to as Jabba's Palace, the castle complex was not built by the huts. It had originally been a monastery for the Bomar order of monks. They had immigrated to Tatooine circa 700 BBY and initially consisted of humans but did not incorporate many species over time. The Bomar monks rejected the physical universe and saw it as a distraction for pondering the greater mysteries of the galaxy. The Bomar would live austere lives and shed their senses, speech, and other physical abilities. At some point, higher level monks would stop speaking and communicate in only minimal ways, either via sign language, pictures, or single words, before ceasing to speak entirely. Some Bomar were able to communicate telepathically. However, how this was done is not exactly known. They rejected emotions and would, at the highest levels, shed their physical forms almost entirely, becoming only a brain in a jar, sitting still in a room at the heart of the Bomar Citadel, or carried around by spider droids, free to eternally contemplate the universe without distraction, finally achieving enlightenment. The lower level monks, still having their physical bodies, were in charge of cleaning, upkeep, and tending to the enlightened brains. The monks were also gifted healers and were willing to offer aid to passers-by. Their disturbing practices included horrifying and brutal tests of endurance through physical pain. And in some instances, monks who had not attained enlightenment had their brains placed in jars prematurely, where they would live in an agonized existence, screaming inaudibly for days on end, and becoming subject to psychosis, being deprived from all physical sensations while retaining consciousness. The monks were unhappy, were happy to share their space with others, offering a refuge for outsiders and runaways. Over time, criminals began to infest the monastery until they became the primary occupants. The Bomar remained, however, ever present in the background of the palace. Some monks were corrupted by the influence of the crime lord and accepted bribes, acted as spies, or engaged in other nefarious activities unbecoming of their faith's central tenets. The monastery was not the only place the Bomar lived on Tatooine, having multiple less used sacred sites, as well as their great citadel that housed the disembodied brains. After the je death of Jabba the Hutt, the remaining monks staged a coup to reclaim their monastery and, after successfully taking it back, had become even more reclusive and less accepting of outsiders. They would also begin practicing their brain-to-jar surgeries on non-consenting beings who were abducted. Although Tatooine was their central location, the Bomar spread to other worlds and similar temples could be found on planets such as Teth and Denuta. Some religions were atheist and did not worship a central deity, deities, or even observe spirituality. The ancient order of pessimists, or other groups like the cult of the One and All, or cult of Voralim, were purpose-built scams and used to manipulate followers as slaves, sacrifices, and unwitting accomplices.
force related. Anakin, if one is to understand the great mystery, one must study all its aspects, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. If you wish to become a complete and wise leader, you must embrace a larger view of the Force. Many species interpret their connections or the phenomena of the Force under religious pretexts, like the Jedi, Sith, and the numerous sub-factions like the Night Sisters. Further, some religions explain Force-talented individuals as being blessed or cursed, or otherwise in some way connected to mythological beliefs that are used to explicate their abilities. To some, it could be a mark of honor and cause for elevation as a shaman or spiritual leader while to others it could be a bad omen or a cause to be ostracized or even killed. Mysteries of the Universe The galaxy is vast and has almost as many beliefs as there are species. Understanding a culture's religious beliefs can help to provide insights into their social evolution, the actions of individuals, and may even provide insight into the lost or as of yet unexplained mysteries of the galaxy. And now, a word from our sponsors. Are you tired of the mundane repetition of daily life? Do you struggle with purpose and meaning in the big wide galaxy? Come to Elysia and let all the troubles fade away. Embark on your journey today. Find yourself. Find a better future. Contact your local missionary to experience what the one and all can offer you. Join the collective of the one and all. We make faith work. Hey folks, welcome back to the Millennial Falcon. Welcome this is a, Jordan. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. Back end aboard. <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, where are listeners going and coming back on a ship that's uh, I don't know. <laughs> mid-travel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so religions, what's your favorite one? <laughs> the order of the terrible glare. <laughs> what Kool-Aid are you drinking? <laughs> oh, that would be a great headline. It's not, it wasn't Kool-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid. Uh, <laughs> it's actually true. <laughs> Dang it. I thought we could use it as an off-brand. It's, an, it's an oft-repeated, um, urban myth, I suppose, that Kool-Aid was used. Well, it's a Jones turn of phrase town. now, yeah, because drink the Kool-Aid is. But it wasn't, in fact, Flavor-Aid. They were uh, socialists at Jonestown and uh, had to really stretch every dollar <laughs> <laughs> and had to get off-brand poison. <laughs> Maybe that's Not good that way. 700 people committing ritual suicide is particularly funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the order of the terrible glare, the, the, they sort of appeared during the star Wars Warhammer 40 K era, also known <laughs> as the pious day era, the crossover. Yeah. Yes. It, it's funny. I didn't realize is that even the ships sound cathedral like, yes. uh, yeah. space Marine yeah. ships from 40 K. Yeah. When was the pious day written? I, like, that I was looking for that and I couldn't find anything cause I really wanted to know if one was directly influenced by the other yeah. or even maybe an author can overlap. Cause I mean, it's easy. It's easy to do like similarities because just cause people are inspired by the crusades. So they, yeah, they you can always go back to the yeah. crusades. And the a, name Contispex is a very, uh, Catholic people. Yeah. <laughs> sounding name. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I, I think it's, probably easy enough to see just the the rome roman catholic uh inspiration pious. there but yeah. it's interesting and the the schisms that the pious day era caused uh so when contuspex took over and started invading and you know committing genocide and all these terrible things 
at that time, the Jedi were... Did they have a temple on Coruscant yet? Or were they still at Ossus? I can't remember. Their main base was at Ossus. No, I, yeah, it would have still been at Ossus. Yeah, I so they may have had like a satellite temple, but they retreated to Ossus because that was their... But the point is they actually withdrew completely from the Republic because yeah. of uh, Contuspex's policies. Yeah. But in their place, some Jedi stayed with, with um, whatever... Did, did they rename the Republic or was it still called the Republic? Uh, I didn't see anything that said anything about the, renaming. The Contuspexian. No, they were still, <laughs> era. I, think, I believe they were still they call the, the Republic. The, the yeah. DSP or DSP. Yeah. Era. They call it the era. So, yeah. so a significant number of Jedi did stay faithful to the Republic, but then they sort of mutated into an offshoot religion and order called uh, the Order of the Terrible Glare. And we talked about them a lot last week in our review of Alan Moore's Devil Worlds uh, comic books. And so they took on sort of this weird <laughs> mixture of shamanism and technology, which are obviously kind of opposing forces, because at least in human history, when you look at <coughs> the development of religion, <laughs> religions typically... Uh, it's thought of as that this concept of animism is sort of the precursor to religious thought. So this is the idea that inanimate objects or inhuman animals have consciousness in the same way that humans have consciousness yeah. and that there are these special people called shamans who then like communicate with those other beings from other worlds and often take a lot of drugs and <laughs> do all psychedelics. that. Psychedelics. Yeah, psychedelic mushrooms. and uh, What's the ayahuasca equivalent? Peyote. Space ayahuasca. <laughs> Star Wars. The melange. <laughs> oh, no, that's Dune. <laughs> and so the Order of the Terrible Glare is at least described as being, they turn, they sort of, their theology devolved from Jedi orthodoxy into this strange sort of techno-shaman thing. And then they've got the, they had like this consciousness who was conserved in a supercomputer that went on to lure many a Jedi to their deaths for thousands of years after, by the way, the Jedi Order committed genocide, <laughs> turned right around and committed genocide <laughs> on the Order of the ter Terrible Glare. That's like literally what they did. So this is again another chapter in my <laughs> book of uh, the Jedi really suck at protecting the galaxy. So when the galaxy really needs them, to <laughs> they retreat. They really need protection from Pius Day. They retreat, and then they appear to only come back so they can commit genocide on <laughs> heretics from the Order. I feel like we could and then I take like over the state. <laughs> I feel like we could uh, maybe develop a bit of a punchier title for that book. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the Jedi did everything wrong. <laughs> they, uh, I, there's a lot of, um, I don't know if they did this on purpose or just kind of repetition of history or whatever, but even in the Mandalorian Wars too, the Jedi initially retreat from politics because they don't like how the Republic is kind of prosecuting its take on the Mandalorians, which causes a schism within the Jedi. And you have the Revenkists who kind of forge their own thing and then yeah. mainstream Jedi order that stay behind and kind of like don't want to get involved. So I, I'm hearing a lot of like mirroring between them. And I wonder if one inspired the other. I think that, I think historically this is something that happens a lot too is schisms within religions, right? Really? Often. I never, <laughs> never heard of it. Obviously. I don't know <laughs> if this is news to you, but there's like uh, after the, the Protestant reformation, there's a bunch of wars in Europe following that. I mean, yeah. even, until today, right? The the uh, IRA fighting against uh, the British occupiers in Ireland, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's exclusively religious, but it's, there's a there's a religious component for sure. There, there, yeah. It's yeah. very the largely yeah. Catholic yeah. Irish yeah. versus the, the Catholic uh, Protestant divide. Yeah. 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 Although it is, you, you are right. There's more nuance. It's definitely not a strictly religious thing yeah. there, but yeah. there's certainly an aspect of, of sure. that Church of England Anglicans versus Catholics basically and then obviously like Sunnis and Shias and oh yeah we can get into sectarian sure, violence across the board I'm, I'm sure you throw a dart at a country and you can <laughs> and, find. and you can find a war that was uh, religiously inspired religious but was specifically inspired by simply two different interpretations of the same, of the same religion right yeah I think what's kind of interesting about the Pious Day era is you really see the uh the Republic as the enemy 
Yeah, they become the bad guys. Yeah, and and uh, it's not like they turn into the Galactic Empire or something entirely different. They're yeah. still the Republic, but they're the bad guys, you know. And I think that's a cool uh, thing to explore, like what would happen if, yeah, this crazy religious cult took over and and uh, started determining the direction and policy of of yeah. the Republic. And it went on for a very long time. That's yeah. another thing as well. Like they've had multiple generations. Much like the Crusade era, yeah. right? It went on for a few hundred years, I believe. <laughs> yeah. There's also, uh, there was a lot of contuspects. <laughs> there was contuspects the 19th. <laughs> Just like the Pope's. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. W- w- where, so was it, it went pretty long. <laughs> was it hereditary though? Was it one, um, was I, it one dynasty? Because like, for popes take on like a stage name, yeah. right? I think yeah. both are true for the uh, uh, the cult of uh, Pius Day. Yeah, what's the other one from uh, Opus Day? Opus Day. I keep that keeps yeah. like infiltrating my brain and it locks me up. Uh, yeah, I think with the Pius Day thing, they they call it a dynasty, so I think there are familial relations in there. Yeah. But I also think they adopt a name as well as a title, kind of like the popes do. So, yeah. But I can always get behind a space crusade. So <laughs> I wish there was more content. I want to see like Jedi decked out almost like in religious crusader garb and armor. And like, that would be kind of cool. Right? They, they, actually, in the KOTOR games, there is some Jedi specific armor that does yes. a little bit have that flair. It's a little more somewhere between like um, samurai and sort of traditional European type armor, but it is kind of going in that, in that direction, that, that yeah. same kind of direction, man. Someone's got to write like the, the Bible, the pious day Bible. <laughs> that would, be that would the just entire be like thing. S- such a cool, like a uh, fan collection collectible. They know? might in- inadvertently start a new religion. Yeah. In real life. <laughs> That's true. The space malice Maleficarum. Have you guys heard of that book? No, is this no. real or is this, <clears throat> this is a real book. It's, yeah. It translates to the Hammer of Witches, and it was the manual used by the Spanish Inquisition for um, investigating and torturing uh, cases of uh, witch trials like back in the day. Manual. I did actually. Yeah, exactly. I heard it under a different. Title, I see though. here something you. malleus is what it was called. Yeah, the Malice Maleficarum. That's okay. Malice. Yeah. I, I heard it. Or malleus, right, malleus. Malleus. Meaning hammer. hammer yes. Maleficarum. Anyone that plays 40k knows yeah. Malleus. Yes, of course. <laughs> So yeah, you could write a pious day uh, maleficarum. That would be very cool. Describing on all the different terrible things you have to do to aliens. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, burn a Twi'leks lacus, <laughs> throw salt on a, a hut. <laughs> I wonder if like a lot of their whistle really high pitched <clears throat> in front of a Wookiee. <laughs> Did you were you guys able to find like was there any kind of inquisitors who were who became dark Jedi for the pious they talked day? about a commissariat. Okay. In the army, but I, it didn't the, really go into any the Galactic kind of Empire. Actually, has an a inquisition, branch, an inquisition that hunts Jedi specifically. Okay, yeah. but yeah. they're not themselves officially Jedi. Although I'm sure there are I, some dark Jedi thrown in there. Yeah, part of that also overlaps into the Disney canon, where there are former Jedi that become Inquisitors. And, and the the Inquisitorius is also strictly sec- secular, right? They're like, yeah, they're not trying to start a new cult. They're, they're just, like the Chinese government during their Cultural Revolution, right? They're like just exterminating. Any religious precisely, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, by the way, I just read about the. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> you, you flinched there. <laughs> yeah, about the Uyghurs. Are we? Are we gonna? No, go not, not about the Uyghurs. But just what the just what the uh, what they would what the Chinese communists would do to like to locals. You know, they would dismember them in front of their families and make them cannibalize the family uh, of like landowners. I think we found the inspiration for writing our uh, Pius Day book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that was, was a little red book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like very brutal. But, <clears throat> anyways, other f- favorite religions from the Star Wars universe. I'm disappointed you didn't talk about the Ancient Order of Pessimists. Before we get into that, <laughs> there are so many that we couldn't cover it all in one episode. But I they were re- like the one who, when I thought of. They were the reason I wanted to write a religions <laughs> episode in the first place. Well, I'm not opposed to doing a second one where we could cover more religions, but uh, yeah. yeah, dive into it. Do you want to? So, the ancient order of pessimists, they were, they were almost just a staging area, kind of a one-off. I'm not entirely sure what their theology was all about. 
other than I think the, it's in the name. <laughs> but the name pretty much tells you. They were kind Self-explanatory. of Yeah, they're kind of a comical uh group who just sort of believed that bad things were always going to happen no matter what. Yeah. They're a religious group of hermits living on Merrick's Minor. Which I think is a contradiction in terms because they all live together. So how can you be a hermit if you Well, I think maybe as a community community, they're 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 monks. (laughs) Sure. Okay, I didn't know you were a scholar of religion there. Do hermit crabs (laughs) live in colonies? Are there multiple crabs inside their shells? (laughs) In this case, yes. (laughs) So anyway, go on. Oh, that's that's pretty much all I was going to say about Does it say anything about like their theology? No, not really. It's just they follow the creed of and lifestyle of pessimism. Yeah, so they were, they were just bummers, basically <laughs> doomers. Yeah, it, it's more. It's almost <laughs> oh, like crap. this is any <clears throat> religion. It's almost like a sort of like, I guess what Taoism might be, where taking to like an extreme. It's not really a philosophy, but it's not really a religion. It's kind of both, you know. Yeah, and but the, yeah, the, this is it's more of a. Uh, it's more of like a philosophy that they live out to the max it seems from what i can tell but there's a there's a comic book the comic book where they appear is uh an interesting one uh, it's sort of darth vader versus boba, boba fett yeah which, which is, is so weird because it's such a cool setup and then you have this like very comical <laughs> background group the but. the art style in that is a little more like cartoony than a lot of other star wars comics as well yeah. so it's sort of a lighter take, yet the story is actually extremely heavy because like one of the main the main plots is Darth Vader is looking for this disembodied head of an alien called an Ikarii who you have to kill them seven times or something before they die. So there's this imperial imperial officer who killed their prophetess seer lady didn't completely kill her, just decapitated her and put her head inside of a a box. So the head is still alive. And I believe that officer was initially sent to go recover the head for Vader, but when he found out she could see the future, he went AWOL. And so then it's Vader and also Boba Fett. I forget the precise plot line. Maybe somebody else hired Boba Fett to find it because him and... Uh, Vader track this AWOL officer down to the Order of Pessimists uh, Hermitage, I guess is what you'd call it. If you guys are, you know, sold on the idea that they're hermits and not monks, <laughs> which you're wrong about. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so uh, Vader and Fett both chase it there, and then they have a duel, and Boba Fett actually gets the better of Vader in that fight, which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's another cool interesting cult of uh, <clears throat> of darksiders. They're called the uh, presagers of Hakoti, I think, or Hakotai. Um, and they were like this ritualistic cult. They were obsessed with prophecies and like seeing the future. And they would like sacrifice millions and millions of people in order to try and conjure up. A new, yeah, like a, a new vision and that kind of, I don't know, there's lots of little interesting cults like that too. So There was also like the the Church of the Dark Side or something and it yes. was like a sham religion that was started. It's almost like an imperial state religion too. Uh, which, which is weird because the, the imperial state like denied the existence of the force in general, right? But then yeah. they, they started this. It was almost like there was this... I forget what the name of the organization is, but in the 60s when the U.S. was doing MK Ultra experiments, I think it's they were called the Keepers or something. And it was like this part sort of pseudo-Christian cult that also had a bunch of CIA spooks who were like infiltrating it and trying to use that cult in order to like get inside of other cults that they thought had socialists in in them or something like that. It's a really wild story, but it sounds kind of like... Did the FBI agents end up just... CIA, fo- Or think. CIA yeah. agents end up foiling each other because they didn't know that the other was a CIA <laughs> yeah, agent. I think that is like mostly what the intelligence communities around the world spy do. Spy versus spy. <laughs> CIA foil, CIA plot. <laughs> CIA. <laughs> And then you throw an FBI in uh, yeah. other organizations and you got a real party going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so. 
any other cool uh, religions that you guys came across? Um, there's some that I probably want to do a deep dive on, but a lot of like, I like a lot of the tribal kind of religions, like how the Jawas and the Tuscans and yeah. one we didn't delve into, but there's extensive mythology is the Ewok <laughs> I religions. I can't believe how detailed that is. Like that would be its own episode on its own. There's so mm-hmm. much. And yeah. they have the whole list of their pantheons and what the gods are in charge of. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. Ithorians uh, uh, also have a really cool religion because they have like these, I think, crystalline sentient trees and where, that they like sort of are their gods, right? But it's it's not like most of the other non-forced religions where these things that they're worshiping and communicating with are objectively real, right? There's yeah. no subjective experience there. You can actually go to the surface crystalline of Ithor yeah. and talk to these crystalline trees. And then they have this whole tree hugger religion, which is interesting. Which in the technology episode, you discuss that they don't allow technology on their planet. Yeah. It's considered blasphemous even. Yeah. Yeah, they're almost like a um, a much nicer version of the Yuzhan Vong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also another species we've discussed in previous episodes is like the Mimbanese. Um, <clears throat> and the, what are the ones that are underground? Is that the Mimbanese? The Kawe. The Kawe, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, uh, they kind of have an interesting religion philosophy on death like uh if somebody dies it's like they see it as destiny and so you shouldn't be concerned or upset about the death of someone you know and case in point luke skywalker kills one of their people and they kind of shrug it off yeah they just (laughs) shrug it off they're very like nonchalant about it because it it's very much ingrained in them that it was supposed to happen. Right. You know? They're very fatalistic society. Yeah. Isn't that kind of like a, a Puritan or a Quaker type of idea about death as well? <clears throat> yeah, I guess it's sort of um, Calvinistic in, in a way, like predetermination, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason to be sad. It's God's will. Yeah, There's exactly. nothing you could have done anyway. Yeah. Uh, another thing is robo-religions. Yes. So there, there's actually quite a bit of diversity there in <laughs> robot religions, wow. which is not something you would expect. Yeah. And, uh, w- but I really... Well, first, you wouldn't even expect them to have a religion at all. <laughs> Except <laughs> starters. I actually would, because if they had real intelligence that mimics our brains... But doesn't why mimic w- our brains. Why would they not? It clearly mimics yeah, why our would, brains. Why wouldn't they eventually develop, develop a, their own a belief system? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. clearly... And clearly, a lot not all robots or droids are like this, but for example, protocol droids are clearly designed specifically to be as human as possible, right? Sure. So I think it's totally plausible that if you had independent real intelligences, and for as far as we can tell, most of the droids have real intelligence, right? There's there's nothing artificial about it. It's They can actually learn and create new experiences, and they're not just following sort of a algorithm that's you're treading a lot into very a droid primitive episode there <laughs> <laughs> yes eventually we'll definitely do a droid episode so there's the silentium from a galaxy very very far away from the Yuzhan Vong galaxy they had I don't think it had a name but they definitely had some philosophical and spiritual ideas they viewed the sphere as like a holy shape and their whole culture and society was based on prime numbers and then also in our Devil Worlds review episode, we learned about this interesting robot religion on like this droid oh, yeah. scrap world. It's actually a cool little uh, like five or six page comic. You should read it. Yeah. If only you <laughs> were there. <laughs> anyway, so there's like this. So this pl- world is a junkyard for droids and so eventually far down enough in the archaeologists would call it midden pile of the the droid world all the pieces of all the droids that have been left there sort of start to corrode and rust into one giant superstructure and then that superstructure is like the god that they that these pacifist droids worship and then in that story the empire sort of comes to strip the place of scrap metal and end up turning the high priest of this robot religion into slag and it's it's very unfortunate (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they're they were just an interesting religion i can't remember if they had a name or not but i don't recall but 
it, I, I let, it's a cool insight or hypothetical of like how droid society would develop if they were just left to their own devices and they're what they didn't really have interactions with other sentients. Yeah. I think that's the important part is, um, you, if, especially if you just abandon them to their own devices yeah. and, and they don't really have a purpose for even existing anymore. Right. right. They how don't do have they that form their own purpose. They don't yeah. have that programmed <clears throat> thing of you build these widgets or kill Jedi or whatever, <laughs> whatever it, is it is. Most robots do <laughs> most like 90% of droids, I think are built to kill Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Good old HK 47. <laughs> oh, yeah. Meat bags. <laughs> as a side note too i love the church of uh robotology futurama <laughs> yes <laughs> when i was writing the the robot part all that came to mind i had to fight fight the urge so badly to include that somewhere but yeah cool all right well uh should we engage the hyperdrive and get out here elysium is pretty good this <laughs> head over I hear they're starting a church <laughs> nice may the forks be with you